I always smile because it always seems that the readings are applicable to a given day of whatever is happening in the world or a saint. Actually, they think this reading is a day late. Actually, I was a day early. Um, I gave a talk, actually two days, it was Saturday. I gave a talk on Freemasonry and thank you for your prayers of protection. Um, and I got ripped up pretty good by a few people online saying, how dare you say that unity is not the goal. Jesus tells us right here, do not think that I have come to bring peace upon the earth. I have come not to bring peace, but the sword. I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against his mother, so on, so forth. What are we talking about here? The fundamental difference between Freemasonry and Catholicism is in Catholicism, there is only one God. There is only one Savior, Jesus Christ. In Freemasonry, it is a placating to all religions, Buddha, Islam, um, whatever it might be, uh, that we don't want to offend anybody, therefore all are gathered into one. This like pot of soup where everything is mixed together. No, it doesn't work that way. Jesus tells us right here, that that is not what I've come to do. I've not come to make everybody feel good. I have not come to make everybody not offended. He basically tells us very clearly here, your own enemies will be within your own household. What is he talking about? He's talking about in defense of the truth. And this is what we did in that talk on Freemasonry. Now, thank you for your prayers. But anyway, he goes on to say that unless you hate your mother or your father, you cannot be my disciple. I've met people and have written to us saying, that's why I'm not a Christian. I cannot hate my mother or my father. That seems so contradictory. Okay, in the original language, the word hate does not mean to despise or to detest. Hate means to love less. So we are called to love God above all things and even our own family. We are called to love God more. That's why there's division within the families. <clears throat> we are called to love God above all things. Does that mean you don't love your father and mother and honor your brother or your father and mother and love your brother and sister? Of course, it's a commandment. We are called to do that, but never at the expense of Jesus. That was the problem with Freemasonry. They don't even mention the word Jesus in fear of offending somebody who's not Christian. That's not what Jesus is telling us here. And so the scripture passage applies a lot to that talk. It's on YouTube. You can find it um, from uh, Saturday, and it's about Freemasonry. Now, one of the people who knew this well was St. Benedict. He had a situation with his own sister, Scholastica, that he put God ahead of her, and she was upset. Now listen to what happened. I'll tell that story here in a minute, because it's actually very interesting. But who was St. Benedict? Okay, <clears throat> St. Benedict of Nursia in Italy lived in the late 400s, early 500s. Basically, he formed monasticism, Western monasticism, what would be a model for Europe as a whole. 
They've now since lost a lot of this, but he's the patron saint of Europe and students because he, he was a student in the faith and he's formed Western monasticism, which really formed the foundation of Europe. Now, he basically started with 12 communities of monks and he wrote what was called the Rule of St. Benedict, all right, for the life of monks. Now, what's interesting is its wisdom has two kinds, spiritual, how to live a life centered on Christ, but also, this is where I get caught up a lot, administrative. He actually focused on both of those and how to run a monastery effectively. Now, he died at Monte Cassino where he went to live there. And as I said, basically he's the founder of Western monasticism. And the beauty in it is he found a way to blend work and prayer. Ora et labora, work and prayer, prayer and work. Ora et labora is really prayer and work. And so he's a great example. Now, it was funny because he fell in love with a woman and he ran away and buried himself in a cave and he overcame, and you don't read this very much, but he overcame what's called the three temptations of mankind. And I, I, I have not read this as much, but it's very powerful. He ran into the desert, into the cave to escape the three. The three temptations of mankind. I remember him by the acronym SAL, S-A-L, are self-importance, anger, and lust. Self-importance, anger with anger, it could be impatience. Self-importance, anger, and lust. Never really hear that, but it makes a lot of sense. And, and those are the struggles of, of, of so many of us. And so we, we see here an example of Saint Benedict. Now, he was there for three years and the monks came and asked him to be his abbot. Well, things didn't work out too well. God sometimes picks those you don't expect, his own apostles. One denied him three times, one didn't believe in the resurrection, one betrayed him, and they all ran away except John at the cross. So even Jesus picks faulty people, right? Case in point, myself and, and many others in different ways were struggling to lead the life of a priest. But anyway, um, legend has it that they didn't like him because he was too tough. So they tried to poison him and they poisoned his drink that he had in the chalice. And when he prayed a blessing over the chalice before he drank it, the cup shattered. And so he didn't drink the poison, the wine, the poison that was in the wine. Then they tried to poison him in his bread. But before he ate the bread, he said a blessing over the bread. And while he prayed a blessing over the bread, a raven swept in from the window, grabbed the bread and flew off with it. So he didn't eat the poison bread. <clears throat> so he definitely is a saint we turn to for protection. So I could have and should have prayed to him on Saturday as well as St. Maximilian Kolbe. But I think the one thing to remember about him is a powerful sacramental called the St. Benedict Medal. If you don't have one, definitely get one. You know what the St. Benedict Medal is? You will find it either by itself on a medal or inside a cross. Usually there's the cross and at the intersection point of the cross 
is the circular Benedict medal. It is a special sacramental that requires its own blessing. In fact, it's so powerful that the blessing, when we priests bless things, we're allowed to do any variation by the office of our priesthood of any blessing that God inspires in the words on our heart. And do you know, by the way, you as laity can do a blessing of, of basic items. Now, you can't bless a cathedral or something like that, but you can, per the Catechism, 1669, says by virtue of your baptism, you can actually bless simple items. So if you have an image of divine mercy you want to put on your door to protect it and it needs to be blessed, you can actually bless it, surprisingly. But only the, a priest can do a St. Benedict medal blessing, and it's actually an exorcism very powerful. This is why when people, or if I'm at a conference or something, people say, can I bless things? I always look, because if it's not a St. Benedict medal, I can do a simple blessing. Um, you know, Almighty God, call down the Holy Spirit upon these items, all who use them, all those who are prayed for by them, uh, and I will give a blessing. But if it's a St. Benedict medal, it requires its own exorcism. And the St. Benedict medal is powerful. On one side, guess what it is? St. Benedict, and guess what he's holding? A raven and a cup. Those are the two things they tried to kill him with. The poison in the cup, it shattered. The poison in the bread, the raven flew off with it. So it has Benedict on one side with a raven and a cup. The other side of the medal has a cross with several initials in Latin. The first is C-S-S-M-I. That is Latin, the first letter of the Latin words that mean, may the holy cross be my light. Then on the horizontal side, or on the bar, I'm sorry, on the horizontal bar are the initials N-D-S-M-D, which are the first letters in Latin for let not the dragon be my overlord powerful. All right, now, <clears throat> around the medal's origin, and I'm sorry, we don't put graphics up on homilies, but if you could picture this, around the margin on the medal, on, on the same side, are also the words V-R-S-N-S-M-V, which are the first letters in Latin for, Begone Satan, do not suggest to me thy vanities. So you keep this in your pocket. It's an exorcism to actually evict Satan. Then you have the initials S-M-Q-L-I-V-B. Again, the first letters in Latin. For evil are the things thou proforest, thou drink thou thy own poison. So it's basically telling evil to be gone. Drink your own poison. So... This is so powerful that it was documented in the height of witchcraft. In 1647, they had a witchcraft trial. Now, during this witchcraft trial, which was right near the abbey of his in Bavaria, the accused woman admitted she was a witch, and she testified that they had all this power, but they had no power over the abbey because it was under the protection of that metal. Very powerful metal. 
If you don't have one, get one. You can get them online. You get them on shopmercy.org, our website, wherever. Just get one. Now, finally, I mentioned his sister putting God ahead of everything and God will reward you. Well, what happened was once a year, he would go see his twin sister, Scholastica. She's also a saint. We celebrate her. And one time, Benedict indicated it was time for him to leave. He only saw her once a year. And perhaps that Scholastica knew something. Many people believe maybe she sensed that she was going to die soon, uh, that she was drawing near to death. She asked him to stay, to stay with her for the evening so they could continue their discussions about God. Now, he didn't want to break his own rule. He wrote the Benedict rules, and he didn't wish to break his own rules, so he refused. He said, I love you, sister, but I love God more. I have to go back. So he told her he needed to return to his cell. At that point, Scholastica, his sister, a nun, closed her hands in prayer. And it was silent. And after a moment, a huge storm broke outside, and it was horrendous. One of the worst storms that they had recorded right outside the guest house in which they were both talking. Benedict looks at her and goes, what have you done? So this is Benedict saying this to his own sister. And she said, I asked you and you would not listen. So I asked my God, and he did listen. So now, just like a typical guilt trip, go, she said, go, go off, go ahead, leave me, and return to your monastery. Well, at that point, Benedict couldn't. The storm got so violent that he had to stay, and he was unable to go back to the monastery so they spent the rest of the night in discussion. God rewarded because he was willing to put God above everything. Even his daughter against his mother, brother against sister, man against his father, daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Benedict was willing to do that. It's kind of like um, Abraham, isn't it? Willing to sacrifice his only son and then God stepped in and says no. Same with Scholastica. God was, uh, I mean, Benedict was willing to put God ahead of her, and then God gave the grace. Beautiful when you think about it. And so basically, Benedict was unable to go back, and they spent the night in discussion. So finally, according to Gregory's dialogues, three days later, Benedict was in his cell, and he saw his sister's soul leaving the earth and ascending to heaven in the form of a shining white dove. She died. She died. So it seems that she kind of knew that she would not be on the earth much longer, and that's why she asked Benedict to stay with her. So what a great example that we have today in a saint that didn't not love his sister, but was willing to put God above all else. That's the message of this gospel. That's what the Freemasonry is missing. 
we do have one Lord, a Trinity, Jesus Christ, who is the Savior of the world, and there's no room. Our God is a jealous God. He says that. Well, Father, God can't be jealous, not in jealous in the mean of envy, jealous in the sense that there is no room for any other God. There is no room for Buddha. There is no room for Allah. There is no room for some Hindu gods. There is not. There's one God. And this is the whole message of the Old Testament. One God. And so when we look at what this message tells us, unfortunately, it will pit us against our own family, our own loved ones, because we are supposed to be totally inclusive today. Hogwash. We cannot be inclusive when it comes to anything contrary to the will of God. It cannot be inclusive when it comes to other gods, because there aren't. And we can't be inclusive to other truths. There's one truth. One truth. That's it. You can't have 40,000 other truths. And thank God for uh, St. Benedict as a man who was willing to live that truth. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.